Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Why Do I Care? I'm your host, Tony Favalor, and today we'll be discussing possible police reforms in the United States. Without further ado, let's get right to it. So kind of before we dive into this fairly heavy topic, um, I didn't post in two weeks, and the reason for that was um, throat hurt, you know, it hurt to talk, so I couldn't record a podcast if my uh, my my throat hurts to talk and then um the other week i it was just a break because this podcast has been out for almost exactly a year it will be a year on february 2nd so it's been a long time only missed like five weeks or so so i it was just a break because it it does take a significant amount of time to research. But in those two weeks, some very heavy news about the the murdering, it was just this abuse of power um, on the the Memphis Police Department, um, on Tyree Nichols. And it was just, it's upsetting. But it, it does reopen the conversation around policing reform in in general it really it does open reopen this this very important conversation that keeps fizzling out right um we saw in 2020 after the murder of george floyd all those protests but then it it fizzled out and there no strong real form came of it people protest because they want to see change be made and change gets made through policy no matter how boring it may be so in this week's episode, we are going to talk about the policies that could really just try to just police reform, trying to, to stop these, the, like the, the abuse of power that the police, op- some police officers use and just like the, the impacts that it has on, on communities. So there are many different kind of reforms. So I'm just going to name one and then talk about it right so one of the the most immediate ones that could really get done really quick is just reforming this this concept of qualified like immunity so what that is is it's 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 legal but it um what it does is it makes it much more difficult to just like sue a police officer and government officials when they may be violating someone's rights so this is something that states really can do and that makes it easier to reform because it's just easier to get things done at the state level than it is at the federal level because the federal level really it's it's um it's easier it's faster it's faster um it's kind of it it's it's based, just think of it like a police like policing union you know like it it just makes it harder for people to for just getting rid of the police officers that that do bad things and just don't help their community they 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 end up harming their community more than um than they benefit another thing would be this is something that I am a very strong supporter of, and it's something that is fairly bipartisan, um, surprisingly not that bipartisan, 
but just national like standards nationally about just like training and like de-escalation and just how to handle situations the um uh, it's become fairly evident that there hasn't been much training and or vetting in kind of the process it takes for one to become a, a police officer and in large this could be some something that could really help this is just like just national standards, you know, just like you got to have how, how to do it. Because as of now, they spend five times as much time learning how to use a gun than they do how to de-escalate situations. And this is something that can be really helpful because police officers, they really should be able to de-escalate situations so that they don't get out of hand. And so that's people don't get, people don't get harmed when they really shouldn't. It's, just no matter where in America you are, police officers should know how to de-escalate the situation the best they can because de-escalation, it's just safer. It's safer for everybody. It's safer for the, the, the police officers and the party that they're interacting with because it's de-escalating the situation and it's making it safer and simpler to move on. Some more difficult things to get through would be just like not difficult in in the sense uh like politically just how much time it would kind of take to enforce so one of them that i also think is a very good idea is just mental health counseling for for like police officers because just like being able to to talk about issues as a police officer it's just, it's a step that doesn't, I don't think it harms anything. I don't think anything bad could come out of this. I don't really see a negative side. Spend some money that the police officers have on just mental mental health counseling and just being sure that police officers are able to talk to a therapist, are able to talk to a professional, and just any issues that they have outside the workplace to to reduce them the best they can to to put that aside and to to do their job to protect their community and this one ties in to kind of the the um the concept of community policing so what is com- community policing the the best i i was looking into this and the best way i would be able to describe it is just be, like if you are a police officer say okay say you you know la say you're an la police officer you have to live in LA to be an LA police officer. Say you're a Boston police officer. You have to live in Boston. Say you're, you know, just like a made up town, town X. You have to be in that town to be a police officer there. What does this do? It, it, it makes a, a stronger sense of community between the police and the community themselves. And what the, it, the benefits of this would be they there's less of like uh imposter syndrome right like they feel it's more connected you know so it's going to be less of a us versus them and more of a just an us you know um so that means like police officers will send their kids to the same school that the the people that they're supposed to be protecting go to grocery shopping all these things so that when there comes a time where a police officer has to interact with a member of the community is not really an us versus them. It's a something that's more, I, I, ideally more um, 
more us. Like we have to solve this issue. And it's something that's a lot less aggressive because there's not this us versus them kind of mindset going into it on, on either party. Ideally, obviously this, you know, there, there could be interactions with people from out of town or out of state, but what this does is just like in, integrates the, um, the kind of the boundaries between certain co- like communities and poli- police officers. And just like the more integrated and the more, the, the closer that those two can kind of get intertwined, it, it really, it does lower the, um, the possible, like the, the, just the possibility of escalation. And that's really all that can be asked for because there's no way to completely eliminate horrific events. You know, we see like, no matter any type of reform, there's always going to be something that goes really wrong. But the reason that you want police reform is to reduce the number of situations in which judgments have to be made and these these, these horrific decisions can get made. Um, body cams have been uh, a policy that many people had been advocating for because it was supposed to hold the police officers accountable. However, um, as we just saw, um, uh, Tyree Nichols is it doesn't it didn't really do much. It didn't do much. The police officers did it anyways, and there was body cam footage, and that is very um, moving footage and it's very deep footage. But it's also something that if you're not, it's it's very heavy footage to watch. But um, that that is a policy that has been floated around by many many people, and it's been added to a good amount of just like policing departments, policing cities. And it, the effects have been kind of, kind of minimal. Um, but once again, just that, and also policing unions, policing unions, again, it, it really, it does make it difficult to get just like transparent policing because the, I am a fan of unions. However, if, if you're if if the union is getting in the way of the public safety then there has to be some intervention from the government there has to be some there has to be some intervention um these are some ideas but there's one that i have not talked about and that is kind of the elephant in a room because donald trump made it so um in 2020 following the george floyd protests and um that entire movements, um, defunding the police became kind of a, a hot button issue. It was definitely something in the debates. And what's ironic about it is for a policy idea to have that much national attention, there weren't many candidates who were supportive of it. And that that's kind of the irony behind it. It was treated as if it was a big policy position for Joe Biden or the Democratic Party, but it really wasn't. What they wanted to do, and what this is something that only some Democrats want to do, what they want to do is they wanted to kind of take some of the money away from policing and invest it into social workers. So you can think of this as splitting the um, the police department kind of in two different branches, you know, there's like police, police as we think of them today, but also social workers who whose job and whose training is to handle these non people who are non like nonviolence interactions that that there's no need to have guns involved right social services just being able to to interact and kind of de-escalate um 
like like people who are contemplating suicide or people who are you know all these different like mental health crisis or drug like drug abuse or people who are like homeless experiencing homelessness and just like you know uh living somewhere in which they can't they can't stay legally these interactions should really go to somebody who is more who's trained to to handle these type of things as opposed to somebody who as a typical police officer has like i said like 50 hours of gun training and something just the the emphasis on violence and more emphasis on just de-escalating situation and trying to peacefully solve it so those are some just policy positions that had been had have been and it's our I, I guarantee these these issues will not go away it, it might fizzle out it, it probably won't stay as um hot of a issue now especially when um the uh 2024 comes around i i do expect this issue while it is very important i do not think it will remain on many americans minds as the number one issue i think that will be most likely the economy or heaven forbid some other tragedy that happens in the next two years but given our luck something like that will probably happen so those are the 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 why do i care section the why do i care section the reason you should care is because these are not these the issues that police have with members of their own community the communities that they have sworn that they're going to protect these issues are not going away and they are just getting worse and they are getting more frequent it's not going to stop magically. It's just not going to, there's no, not, it's just one day we're not going to wake up. It's not going to stop. There has to be some action on the state level, the federal level, and even the local level. And all these policy positions are ways to, to advance that. So the reason that you should care sitting at home, wherever you're sitting, listening to this episode, the reason you should care is because in the long term is going to make your community and where you live a safer and better place. So that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Um, Like I said, it's been almost a year. So thank everybody so much for listening. Um, Be sure to check out YouTube. Um, There are some pretty good videos up there if I do say so myself. Um, Why do I care pod.com? Why do I care pod? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all these places. So many places, so many social media. So be sure to check that out. And um, thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day.